podcast. Take it away. You <laughs> haven't said a word yet. <laughs> I didn't realize I had a podcast, but since we have a <clears throat> podcast and we're rolling, hey, welcome everybody to tune in next week. My name is Jacob White, and we are joined with a gaggle of great folks uh, to some direction. Yeah, to some direction is uh, to one direction is Ed Bowie, uh, my Yo. usual cohort, and yes, William McFarlane and Bruce Cohen are joining us as well. It's great to be here, gentlemen. I'm uh, enjoying this lovely weather we're getting. Compliments of climate change. Uh, how about y'all? <laughs> I've seen yeah. good days, but we've had a string of good days like no other for yeah, weeks yeah, on true. end. I think we've had two yeah. good days of rain in a. Well, we had the Literally. torrential rain. We had those the, that that night of torrential rain this past week. Well, that's not. We used to have four of those a week. Now I we know. have one yeah. every, every four weeks. No, no, you're right though. The weather's been great because I've been able to play pickleball outside. <laughs> okay, pickleball tell us what pickleball. It, it takes two what to play pickleball, pickleball, right? Doesn't it what take about? two to play pickleball? That four. sounds like. That sounds, sounds like something like X-rated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go play with my pickleball. Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> no, it takes four. And so, how, are you? Uh, most you, I've done uh, is three. Are you sheltering? <laughs> you sheltering in a place with uh, three other people, or? Uh, uh, no, no. I mean, I, I meet the the other pickleballers um, at. Uh, Suddenly, you stopped. Como Rec Center. Everybody has froze up. Oh, I can oh. still hear you, Ed. Okay, uh, you're, back, yeah. you're good, Ed. We must have had a glitch. Now we're moving. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, Como has outdoor uh, courts. So I meet there a couple days a week and get in my pickleball. Oh, well, that's actually a good thing. That's all yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I've been walking. My exercise is walking now. I hope I can keep it up when it gets I do. We do that, too. And you're right about the weather, though. The, the walking, we've been able to walk almost every day. So, yeah, good that, times you know, for us. Yeah. So I have to know is, is pickleball like anything like petonk or anything like that? What, it, what exactly is pickleball? I tell people that pickleball is a combo of tennis and ping pong. Okay. So, so it's played on a court. Uh, you typically traditionally play uh, part with a partner. So, you play uh, two on two, and um, it's 44 feet in length as compared to a tennis court, which is 77 feet in length. And so it's a little smaller, a little less width, but um, you you have a, a paddle that's like what I call a ping pong paddle on steroids. It's got a bigger face. Right, yeah. It's got a bigger face and um, it's usually made out of graphite, sometimes wood or uh, mixed graphite. And uh, you hit a wiffle ball, which is a plastic baseball-sized ball that has holes in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's easy to spin. Very easy to spin. And, and you're, if you're on the receiving end of a spin return, you have to read that sucker. Because you'll be standing there and you'll be like, I got this sucker. And the ball will hit the ground and then go, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> so, yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I'd ever heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been playing for uh, oh, a uh, little over three years now, and uh, I love it. I'm just, uh, I, I love it. It's great exercise, and um, anybody can play, really. Are you training you know? for the pro league? Uh, <laughs> the, pro, the pro pickleball? 
<laughs> yeah. uh, believe me, there's a pro pickleball somewhere. And there's there is. Yeah. Available. No, no, yeah. no, there is. If you go to uh, YouTube and uh, uh, pick up, uh, just start in pickleball, we'll, pick, we'll get, give you pickleball.com. You can watch all the tournaments. No, there's a wow. pro circuit. There's a pro circuit. This this may be a rude question, but is pickleball typically played by people over say forty five or fifty? <laughs> there is a that grouping. There's also. Um, am, I gonna, am I going to find some young hotties at the court? Is that <laughs> the what is you it? This is possible. You could. Um, um, so how do you define hotties? Huh? Yeah. This, <laughs> young. Last week was supposed to be the um, Lafayette. Senior Olympics, and, oh, that's uh, right. yeah. and pickleball was part of that. And there I had signed okay. up with a partner. So, and I'm not stereotyping. Was, no, no, no. I signed up with a partner who was 92 years old. This woman. Wow. And I get. I always want to play with her and not against her because I can't return her serves. <laughs> She's, <laughs> 92. 92. And she aces me almost every single time. That's funny. Yeah, she's incredible. But she approached me and said, let's let's play together. So I said, yeah. And I signed up and everything, but I don't know if they're going to uh, – hopefully they'll reschedule it. But um, Yeah, let's uh, use that as an abrupt segue into uh, what, what's going to happen next. And, and uh, I'm not asking for predictions what's going to happen next. I want you to tell me what if – based on what you have to work with, what would you like to see happen? What – what should happen? And I'll start off right off the bat by saying that minimum wage should be 15 bucks an hour minimum. Yeah. There should be built-in incremental raises based on time and service that don't price you out of the position but keep you up with inflation at least. Uh, and a massive redistribution of the way money has, is parceled out relative to what we call work. That's, that's for me... Uh, among the very first things we need to do is get a grip on how we handle the distribution of wealth. I will take and, that one uh, further and say that anybody that worked during this crisis that was considered an essential worker, anybody that worked in, in grocery... Well, they ought to get bonuses, like yeah. Well, and not there should be a hazard pay system in place for this kind of thing the next time it happens, and they should all immediately get health care. Yeah, there's, there's, there, oh, yeah, you know, the, the thing is, there should have already been something in place. Yeah, well, healthcare yeah. would be, yeah, mm -hmm. that's another thing, too. Jacob, you're, uh, you think about this. We talk about it a lot. What's, what's your perfect scenario going back? Oh, we all, yeah. I mean, my perfect scenario would be for our leadership to enact some of these obvious and popular changes. <laughs> And it, 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 for me, it's somewhat surprising that there isn't at least a cynical move to do so. That's my, That's what's wrong now. How come we're not? Yeah, yeah. When when does the fire start? When do we go to city hall? What, I, I, what I think it's. I think that the reason why, and unfortunately, it's a pessimistic outlook, is because, you know, I, th I think uh, to, to to bring it down. Um, the current administration's re-election is all but assured, and there's no need to. You know, in fact, it may, if we did have some sort of change like that, it may be a harbinger of the fact that those changes are, as we know, both popular and effective, and it, it, it may change the calculus in November. As it stands, you know, I, I think 
I think we're just in for, you know, in 2024, somebody else is going to take up the Trump mantle after Trump. Uh, you know, you know, Trump Trumpism is the new thing. And we, because we don't have another outsider choice, we're just going to kind of see this thing uh, so, decay. We're going to see the rights of the rich uh, further enthroned. We're going to see everyone else uh, 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 struggling to, you know, fight for the crumbs. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I think you're, tell you're, me something you're, else. you're venturing into what's going to happen as opposed to what you want to happen. But did you well, kind of imply yeah. that you think Trump has got this in the bag? Is you? Uh, oh, I'm sure, not. dude. Absolutely. Well, I was on, I was on a, a Biden. I mean, I was trying, man. I was sitting here, Biden 2020, you know, on Instagram, you, you know, people are posting all these crazy things and I'm like saying, yeah, but you know, this and that, uh, 4,000 people, man. That's how many people were watching Biden in the middle of the day on Instagram during a pandemic, 4,000 people. I know Instagram, uh, uh users don't vote, but that he, is evidence right there. Well, he, missed, I mean, he has missed, has missed and is continuing to miss the opportunity to hold his own press conferences every single day during this pandemic, because I yeah. guarantee you, I guarantee you, uh, the news would carry his, anything that he did at this point in time. And yeah. he has, he has the platform and the source to get on right after our current That's administration and be like, this is all, don't listen to these people. They're going to actively get you. Killed. He, he doesn't have to do that. He's his strategy is, if I commit no errors, it's just how a lot of people play tickle pickleball or, or <laughs> pickleball. If I make no errors, I will win. But, he, I, yeah. but I feel like I feel like it is errors, and the other guy's double faulting every day. Well, and that's well, the interesting thing like is, like is it is an error on his part. Yes, I feel like exactly. it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, right. Uh, and and the, the, the error is to assume that that is the correct tactic. But then yesterday, uh, a story breaks on a sexual harassment on Biden. In '92 or '91, something yeah. like that, someone well, that has come the, forth. The first, that wasn't the first break. On uh, was it a news story or? Yeah, okay. yesterday it was a news story. Yeah, oh, this has been. Yeah, I, uh, I, so, I thought there were other allegations. Yeah, bit correct. I can't answer those accusations, but in the end of the day, um, I don't care. It, it's it's not going to change my opinion. A uh, lot of room for skepticism in her. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know enough about her accusations, other than a lot of people who refuted it, and she waited through his entire vice presidency to bring it up. Yeah. I just. I'm. I'm troubled by it. But even if I wasn't troubled by it, it doesn't offset 25 rape accusations, which Trump has. No. You got to vote for him. It doesn't offset the the massive amounts of casualties that could have been avoided because of his botched rollout of testing. See, that's why I don't see him getting reelected. Is he's botched the life and death of so many people in the economy. You wait three months from now, the economy is going to be really, really crappy. And yeah, we're not going to hold against John Bell Edwards because they're ignorant, but they're going to. Yeah, it's we're going to have another crash. But but that that the unfortunate thing, y'all, is that the incumbent who's already favored, you know, every time there's an incumbent, they're favored, is also still the outsider choice. That's that's the thing. So when all this stuff is wrong and all this bad stuff is happening and my personal life is not as good as it was four years ago, what am I going to do? Am I going to vote for the the beltway candidate or am I going to vote for the person who seems like 
my no choice, that my my no Brexit choice. That that's the amazing thing that Trump has been able to. Yeah, perversely, uh, people will vote. People that know he's no good will vote for him because he's not them, and that's exactly all part of that cognitive dissonance that they've bought in, and they can't back themselves out of that hole. Well, and, I mean, but, but it's not just that. It's not just cognitive dissonance. There's a real, there's a real kernel of truth in that. We are upset. Obama won because we're upset with the status quo. We want somebody different. Right. A lot of those same people who voted for Obama were suddenly racist when they yeah. voted for Trump. Yeah. But they're yeah. not. They're, they, they want something else. The against their, uh, yeah. But at what point... Um, at what point is that something else and not just cutting off your nose to spite your face, but full on shotgun blasting your nose off to spite your face? Yeah. Well, like yeah, the, the yeah. Michigan, uh, storming the Michigan State House with arms. Uh, yeah. If, if, if they had superimposed the Iraqi flag over that, we'd have all said, look at those third world terrorists. They all, they, all they, those people have way more in common with ISIS. And I think even they would be comfortable. Admitting. Oh, certainly. Oh, they don't. They don't have any self awareness whatsoever. It's all projection and so forth. Uh, uh, going, the, the attention though swings all the way to the right, right now. I mean, way to the right. If you compare what these protesters have been doing recently, and then you look at what um, happened with the Native Americans trying to deal with their uh, water rights in their lands, yeah. Yeah. and and they're blasted with rubber bullets. Right. And rubber hoses and these other folks get out on the streets and they have a right to be there. I'm not denying that, but nothing happens to them. Well, I mean, but, but what is the lesson? What is the lesson there? That the left needs to arm itself. That the left we, needs yeah, to, we need to. We don't have a real left. Standard. We need a left with weapons. I got this weapons. Is, uh, this is a question you know? for Bruce because of you're over a certain age and you were paying attention back in the days when. Uh, we had we had activism in the streets. We had riots. We took over right. school buildings. We we actually had people shot and killed in the streets at Kent State by the National Guard. And we had policy changes, what, uh, absent elections. We had policy changes because. This, so of that. my question is, what what's was different then than from now? Why aren't we now doing what we did then? And this, to me, is much more grievous than the Vietnam War. This is a war yeah. in our own. It's so many things. Uh, uh, the only thing I can think of, Ed, is apathy. Is that people are just, too many people are content or think they're content and they're just apathetic. I don't know why there hasn't been, there have been masses of people the day after uh, Trump was elected. There was a, the Women's March, those, those who are. Yeah. Well, five five hundred thousand women stormed the streets of Washington, but you know we need to see that almost on an everyday basis. We're not well, we, seeing that on an everyday basis. Apathy amongst the masses doesn't prohibit uh, the those of us who have feet and brains. Why why am I not or the people like me? Uh, what's it going to take to trigger us to action besides wait to vote and so forth? I don't. I have a, an interesting answer. Uh, I, I'll, I'll call it interesting, and you can uh, be the judges. But uh, the answer is that in those protests in the '60s, that was a countercultural revolution. The yes. countercultural revolution now is, is taking place on the right, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. while the left is clutching its yeah. pearls, when you use a term deemed racist, that's where 
that's where the left is planting its flag, the left. We can't call it the left. That is where liberals are planting their flag. Oh, someone's being, someone's feelings are being hurt. Meanwhile, the countercultural revolution is working. It's doing its work. I don't know. And the, I... left is, the left is the protector of the status quo. It is an interesting perversion of any sort of useful I will, I will say that progress. As somebody who spends a lot of time online, that counterculture that we're experiencing right now, it's pretty easy to hurt their feelings. Oh sure, <laughs> they're not. They're, they're, they're but, not but, as all as you'd like. As they'd like you to. But believe. wouldn't that be an interesting tactic to take? To say that you are the weak. The weak are the people who say that we're not up for a challenge. The weak are the people that say that we can't absorb refugees. I hear you. Yeah, but that, but that is not a narrative that we hear. That is a narrative that could absolutely be made. I made it just now in a sentence. Well, and it's something that's like right or wrongfully it's just ignored by current the current media landscape about like there are just certain there's so much so much for all of us to absorb that even with the 24-hour news cycle they struggle to keep up with it or or that maybe they don't struggle maybe maybe that's a choice on their, their but, the, but what what ed was talking about is in the 60s it was a, a sense of collective a collective okay, sense. Uh, just a community. There, there, yeah, there was a community feel. There was a sense of counterculturalism, as you mentioned. Or th there was also, for me, there was a sense of belonging to something that was right. that was very, very important. And and we had to voice our opinion. And we do have a we we have a right to. Um, well, yeah, for much longer we don't. Well, they're working on that. I, uh, well, and not to not to derail. I do, do want to bring this up real quick, just because Ed mentioned it. Uh, Monday is the fourth of May, and that is that's the anniversary of the Kent State massacre. Right. Right. So we we always honor that on AOC. But anybody that's listening should take a moment and maybe moment of silence or something for the tragedy of Kent State massacre because that was that. A big deal, at least for AOC and media in general, but it, uh, you know, something that we should, none of us should. Yeah. And, and actually, today, actually, today, the day that we're uh, recording this podcast is May Day, which is International right. Workers' Day. It's yep. often called it is May, May Day. Day. But, yeah. you know, Workers International, Day. yeah, May Day is a way to remove that focus from what it's really about. And there were, of course, many massacres in the union movements of the previous century. A lots of workers died working. And that's, that's an, yeah. it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I was reading today about how Elon Musk went on a Twitter rant, tanked his own stock prices. But regardless of that, he's a, a union ball buster. He's a real jackass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something I would like to see as a return to a time, not that not that unions have ever been like 100% widely accepted, but unions are there for workers and for workers' rights. And so I would like to see a national shift in how we think about unions and stop thinking about them as like good old boys and, and, and you know, teamsters and stuff like that and, and go back to just plain old workers' rights yeah, and perhaps. what they originally stood for. Workers perhaps. don't have a place at the table anymore, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We could see 
some sort of resurgence in 2021 when, like we got in 2013, we have an autopsy this time of the Democratic Party eight years ago. It was the autopsy of the Republican Party when they lost two elections in a row. Uh, but, but I just I don't have much hope for that. The thing is that we had, like you say, very broad support for workers, very broad support for unions for decades. And and the party that represented that for decades were the Democrats. They right. don't represent that anymore, even though rhetorically and policy wise, you could make the argument that they are the ones that are protecting uh you know, that direction, that policy direction, in reality, they aren't making the moves to open their arms to the people who are our workers. They and are. And those, you're absolutely right. And, and those of them that are doing that are absolutely the outliers. They're the, in, the outliers. In, in, the, in the Democratic Party. And going the down- Democratic Party's arms are open for virtue signalers. And going back to what who Democrats are open to. Going back to what Ed said at the very beginning, fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah. Why is that not nationwide? Why that's been they've been talking about that for years and years. Why? Well, they've been talking about it so long that inflation adjusted. The average eighteen now. It's twenty-two. Twenty-two eighty-five. It would be the equivalent of seven twenty-five when it was instituted. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially. Especially here in Louisiana, but I mean, certain states have taken the action through voters to um, to increase, like California and Oregon. I think Washington. Yeah, many, many states have higher than seven twenty-five minimums. Many yeah, states. you have fifteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. California has fifteen, I believe. Well, but there are also uh, reforms going on. Like, for instance, in Oregon now, you have uh, you have an election reform that has occurred, and the next election will be uh is it ranked choice yes there's an immediate oh, yeah, yeah, runoff yeah. yeah 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 there will be an immediate runoff uh where you have you know everyone running and once all the votes are tabulated uh if no one got more than 50 then the people who uh the people who didn't win the the voters who voted for the people who didn't win right get a chance now to get their second her. vote. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's who will win. We've talked about this before. I think that's a good system. I think it takes I, public action. You know, the people that yeah. get to make the rules are not going to make that rule unless we hold our uh, hold their feet to the fire. It's, we have it's to. A, it's up to us. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think our side has got a cohesive enough message. We are. We, we have to storm the castle. We we are the open arms, except everybody kumbaya. The but we're not really. Are, no, no, no. The other guys is, are ruthless a, killers. They don't. No, care. that is wrong. You are dead wrong, and you are part of the problem. There is a perverse core. No, 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 no. no. Let me, <laughs> there is a perverse core. This is why this show is so fun for for me and Ed because we get the butt heads. No, the the, the truth is. That our arms are open only to those whose stance is acceptable to us, whose tolerance is sufficiently tolerant. And so, who are we neglecting? Well, all of those people who we're calling killers. Those are the people that we don't want. We don't want your vote. As a Democrat, we don't want all you racists who voted for Trump. 
That's the true stance that Democrats take. I don't want those people. I don't. I know, but 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 you do. You actually do. Not only that, Ed. You need those people. Those are half of those. Those are half of those essential workers that we're talking about. I need them. I don't want them. But you do want them. You don't know you need them. Rather, you don't know you want them. You do want them. I would say though, and and this may be taking it to the extreme, but. I don't want to fucking pander to Nazis. Excuse but, my but, language, but yes, like I don't want to have to pander to goddamn but Nazis. But you've lost, you've lost the argument. I've <laughs> lost the Nazi vote. Is that what you're no, no, no. You have lost the you have lost the rational discourse. No, that's true. That's true. I am I'm making a either, broad sweeping statement. Yes, Absolutely. which is by virtue false. But I, either either you are. You are saying that 50% of voters are Nazis? Or no. I'm so, not so saying what, that. Okay, then how what percentage would you say of the US electorate are Nazis or Nazi sympathizers? But all that don't agree with me. Exactly. Uh, if I had if I had to pull like a real number, uh, and this may be a little on the high side. I would say maybe 20%. No, come on. No, that's insane. Well, the first Unite the Right rally. I like your, I like your. Yeah, okay, go ahead. The first Unite the Right rally in 2017, it had some people there. It had hundreds of people there. Okay. The second one in 2018 had 30. 30 Nazis yeah. were. That's the thing. Had the balls to show up. Yes. That yes, doesn't mean that, they're not out there. That means they don't want to be outed as Nazis. And it means they're saying, and, it, and it means they're aware of their numeracy. Right. It, it, and, and they're I'm, aware of how, how marginal they are. I think real Nazis are pretty rare. I think yes. the term, yeah, that, I think that's so the term Nazi is we yeah, should that, probably apply it to narrow minded, um, willing, willfully ignorant. Generally sexist, racist, bigoted, homophobic. We're calling those people Nazi, and it's not strictly applicable. No, and as soon as soon as we fair. enter into that version of this debate, we lose. Not only do we lose the argument, we lose the presidency because but that's that also doesn't why help. I, that's also why I bring it up is because I, I fully admit that that. To label them Nazis is on the extreme end of things. Uh, however, there are a lot of people out there doing exactly that, even as we speak, and they fully believe it. I don't sure. really believe that like 20% of the U.S. population is a bunch of damn Nazis. If I did, no. I wouldn't live here anymore. I would, yeah. I would, I would live in Canada or something. But when uh, you come so I, I can't believe that. I, I really do believe that the majority of Americans are good-hearted, they are hardworking, thinking, intelligent people that maybe have a disconnect between them and their governing bodies. And they feel like they're disenfranchised and they feel like they're they don't have a voice. And I get that. Which but means- at some point you need to put some trust in the system. And that can be very, very hard. Yeah, but you're, you're the system is being run by a PT Barnum. It's true. He's, he yeah. is. He is. He's but a huckster. He's a true. con man and a huckster. And that's and, why we need and, to keep our eyes on him. But and all but, those, all the wait, all uh, like Ed, all of those uh, aspects that you were talking about, 
Those are the people who voted for Trump. Those are, they were white male they individuals. That's who not had, who got him elected. White suburban women got yeah, him elected. white suburban women. Are they all not these two? I mean, obviously not. No, no. I, I, I think it was, you, you think the ratio was higher with female than male? It well, was. That, that, that is the yeah. consequential demographic. White and, suburban women are the ones who broke enough for Trump to yeah, they voted disproportionately one on the women, white women, suburban and, women. And so it was, will, not, it was I, only because of Hillary was running against them? Because, I mean, this well, guy, no, can't, he can't, he's not a friend to women. You'd be surprised how many matter. white suburban women dislike Hillary Clinton now. Oh, yeah. She's, I think that's okay. what you're like. Yeah. I don't know that they were necessarily voting for Trump. Plus, but plus they were Clyde. voting against her for sure. That's plus why I think Bernie Sanders would have had a good chance because people at that election were voting against, and Bernie was an against candidate, and Trump was an against candidate, and Hillary was not an against candidate, and we tossed out our against, and our against would have beat their against. I really think Bernie would have wiped Trump all over the floor by angry people who ended up because they're angry and wanted to vote against, they voted for Trump. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we. And I, I really have spent. Like since Clinton was in office, I've spent so much time trying to figure out and and my mom and her friends of her age are all prime examples of this. And and even my wife for a while until she realized like this is irrational, uh, why they disliked Hillary Clinton so passionately. Because the media narrative's been painted on her. And exactly. Up the media narrative they get painted, and she didn't control her narrative. Right. Uh, but, controlling his narrative, even in spite of all the evidence. Yeah, and I mean, there was even a point in time, like when I was growing up, uh, and, you, and when you're growing up, you kind of adopt the political flavor of your parents and your extended family. There was a, I remember the eve of Bill Clinton's election, uh, and my dad and my mom sitting in the living room watching return results come back. And my dad was an oil man. He worked for Amico before it was bought up by BP. And he was just like, if, he, if that man gets elected, Bill Clinton, if that man gets elected, I'm not going to have a job anymore. They're going to shut down Amico. They're going to like, there's not going to be any more oil. Like, it, and he firmly believed this. It had me scared. I was young sure. enough to be that impressionable. <laughs> And so, yeah, I didn't like the Clintons either at that point in time because I thought they were going to ruin my family's livelihood. And I don't know where, I assume Rush Limbaugh or something, I don't know where he got that narrative from, but it quickly became apparent to me over the next eight years that, like, no, he's just another president. Well, let me take the, <laughs> this is an abrupt segue into why our media is failing us is because the narratives that are being spewed are not being vetted or weighed against one another that are just being amplified uh, and the lack of the lack of an ability to tell the Shinola from the not Shinola is making it very, very easy for any narrative to catch a handful of ears. And if you're a good spinner of narrative, you can make people vote against their own best interest all the time. Yeah. Drink right. the Kool-Aid, do just in its... But, so, it's well, that, 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 is, that is absolutely true. But uh, I, I feel like that is still from the stance of one side, you know, is right and one side is wrong. And the point is that the viewers of CNN and MSNBC are being fed this same er narrative, which is 
the people point. in your country that aren't voting the way you vote are the problem. That's you're That's absolutely the right. Um, all sides, uh, the, the media is doing a grave disservice across the board. There are very, yeah. very few what I would call journalistic standards applied to anything anymore. Um, and it's well, well, and there's just the the uh, presumption and persistence of a cold civil war perpetuated by these media narratives. Your your brother that believes different than you is the problem, not policy, not politicians, but people. The people are the problem. And and that is a recipe for long-term capacity. I agree with Ed, though, in terms of media, but there are some very strong media outlets that are, are really providing accurate, factual uh, news gathering every day, like uh, PBS uh, and NPR. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, it's called all things considered for a reason, guys. I mean, they, they do consider every aspect, both sides yeah. of the issue. They present both sides of the issue so that you personally are educated to the fact that, okay, now that I've got both sides of the issue, then I can make a educated and valid decision or opinion on how I personally feel. The, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I mean, I love All Things Considered. That's a, that is a great show. However, the, the perspective that a lot of people have on that show just because just because of its source is that they are biased. Well, Trevor, yes, listen to any of it. They, they just assume NPR equals bias. Or right, PDF but, but there has recent, recently there was uh, a poll taken or research taken on NPR and they has found that it's the least biased news gathering. Oh, I believe any, it, yeah. And least biased in the U.S., I'd imagine so. Uh, yeah. uh, the the least gonna, biased mass media. Yeah, I'm going to advocate for something that that Matt Roberts, our our engineer of today, who is not chiming in, uh, because he agrees this, with everything we say. That's right. <laughs> but this is something he advocates for all the time, uh, and I I fully support. Like I I myself and an advocate <laughs> for this. But that we that we should take our fourth estate more seriously. That that we should do that it should be federally funded, or at least right. an arm uh, of it should be federally funded. It should be non-commercially funded somehow. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and and be and and act more like the fourth estate should, as opposed to this twenty-four hour news cycle where where we're just trying to to create clicks or content to yeah. keep people engaged, whether it's good content or not. The news cycle is, is part of the problem in itself. It's not a news cycle. It's spin cycle. It's propaganda cycle. Right. And they're right. all, they're all, there are even PBS, uh, God bless them. Even those guys are, are struggling to get an audience whatsoever because they don't spin it to the confirmation bias that we all send to seek. Uh, and, and and PBS and NPR have to jump through some damn hoops to secure their funding every year. Oh, yeah. that's, they do. that's unacceptable. Like they they should not have to go through all of that to secure funding or or us or the news. neither. Or AOC. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's another yeah, part. But, of, when we come back to the in the new uh, 
the new world, I would make sure at least 25% of the broadband spectrum was given to minorities so that uh, uh, probably African-Americans, but at least minority status people would control the distribution of 25% of our internet capability. I'd yeah. also give a distribution of legal marijuana to uh, not cultivating, not harvesting, but the distribution point so that it's going to go through a minority uh, wholesaler or bank uh, somewhere along the way, before somebody on the street goes to the store to buy their bud, uh, minorities get their hand in the mix. Um, and I think that would be a tremendous equalizer for economic purposes. Uh, there's no, it's, it would be my form of reparations. Um, well, and we have people out there trying desperate, like Brother Jay is a perfect example of somebody who's out there trying to get the media in the hands of his community. Right. But, but man, the struggle is real. I watched Brother Jay struggle to do that, and it's it's more than a full time job. For well, that's him. the apathy that Bruce refers to. It's yeah, uh, right. People don't understand the power of their own voice, and that's it's, it's a shame. They, but yeah. they just don't. And going going back to the sixties again, the, the voice was very strong. I, fe I felt not just in the, in the grouping that I was within, the small grouping, but I felt it nationwide, that the voice was very strong. The support was among my age group was very strongly opposed to the Vietnam War. Um, it, was, it was very strong all, all through. And, you know, uh, changes were made. Um, it, it should have ended a lot sooner than it did, you know, but... You know, we were out there in the streets almost every day. Um, yeah, I, th I think I think the power structure learned a lot from that ordeal and those changes. And it has since, uh, you know, planned for the future battles uh, in a way that makes them very hard to fight. You know, uh, there are a lot of class antagonisms that we share with these Trump voters. And those are invisible to us because instead we see cultural antagonisms. That's, that is that's where we yeah. fight. That's yeah. why we need to have community dialogues, which are almost non-existent, even when we say we're having them. There's so many common interests that if we could share those things, we could forget the differences. But we're all, as you point out very accurately, Jacob, we're pointing out the differences and we're personifying those and making things that could be benefits into adversarial relationships. And until we can talk and listen, uh, we got a long way to go. And, and yeah. there's a lot of talking and there's a lot of hearing, but they're not listening. They're, they're, I can hear your words, but the whole time you're talking, I'm formulating my, uh, my, my response, which is, in my case, usually in your face, mofo. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to listen to you anymore. I gave up on that. Uh, but over time, and Jacob's heard me tell this story, but when I started at AOC, uh, I was either indifferent or I didn't like certain types of people. I wasn't a racist or a, a chauvinistic pig or anything, but I had animosities and stereotypes. And then I was forced to get to know these people. And holy cow, I could not have been more incorrect about what their motivations were and what they cared about. I still don't like them. They <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong. But you at least appreciate what they're doing. Well, I do. Uh, and that's the point. I, uh, I now love people who go on the air and call me an asshole on TV. 
Uh, and now I understand that, and I know why they're doing that, and I get their motivations, and I don't agree with it, but I completely respect them. And it well, you got to go through it, or you got to pay attention to learn that about other people, and we're not doing that right now. Nobody. Uh, is. But that's yeah. the whole key is respect. You don't have to like everybody, and you don't have to. Everybody doesn't have to like you, but you can respect each other's uh, idea or opinions of what's going on, right? Or even well, if you can't, even if you can't respect their ideas or their opinions, you can respect their right to have a different idea or opinion right. than you have. Well, well, well. I think especially if you can't respect their ideas, it's more important to listen because yeah. Yeah. because you can get some very useful information by listening, namely mm -hmm. to reiterate to discover what their class antagonisms are. Right. And to understand how they mirror your own you and might find that, a potential ally. You might very right. much find out that you don't hate their ideas. You don't understand their ideas. Yeah. Right. Right. Where they're coming from. And it, it, it's it, it's so obvious that it, how it works when people talk to one another and get to know each other. Uh, that's how teams get teams. Some teams work, some don't. And that's because they communicate the right way and they get to know each mm -hmm. other's motivations uh, and we, we're not doing that in this society right now. And our, our whole argument started off, and Jacob's the one who's trying to make us understand that it's not the personification that those are human evils, that some of the things they believe in may not be the best for all of us, in my opinion. But I have a hostile attitude about that human. I want to, there's people in town, I, 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 the Buddhist in me doesn't want me to say this, but I'd run up and punch him right in the throat right now and get a kick out of watching him choke. Uh, well, well, that's but, but they might be they might be scout leaders they might be moms and dads they might be wonderful people they could be medics they could be all kind of things but because of the things that they believe i don't even well, know well, believe. well 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 step back step back one direction not because of the things that they believe but because of the ideology that you are immersed in their Evil. state beliefs are evil as it as it relates to your I, I would to take that one step further i would argue that not just the ideology that say ed believes in but the ideology that they believe in because that that's a two-way street and those two things can are not always mutually exclusive and and quite often clash against one another uh but to to give you guys an analogy so today i spent three and a half hours trapped in a 111 degree room with a dude who thinks COVID is BS. Like, seriously? And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you guys know, I mean, our server room, for those of you who don't know, is about that big. Like, <laughs> literally that big. So, real hard to social distance in there. It's 111 degrees because our air conditioner is out. I've got my mask on. He, do, he has no mask. He will not, like, I keep trying to say, like, if I'm in here, you need to be out there, and then we'll switch. You know, like, one person in, one person out. Um, he is not following those rules. But he is also a very cool guy. And by the time we were done, like, I mean, we didn't high-five because of social distancing, but we could have been, like, high-fiving over, yeah, we got this shit fixed, man, yeah. Like, we were so, <laughs> so excited so what is, to get what is this it? job done together that, like, at that point, I was over the fact that like he wouldn't give me some space and he wasn't wearing a mask that it was like ungodly hot in that room. So that 
to me, that's kind of an analogy of like the whole situation is when, when you work together with somebody, you kind of, it's, it's much easier to look past those ideological differences that you may have and work towards a common goal. And that's all we did today. I mean, it was just fixing an air conditioner. But by God, by the end of that, we were both so excited that we got that air conditioner fixed that we had completely forgotten that, like, I was taking it seriously and he was not. And, you know, what I'm hearing is that we ought to take those evil people and put them in a in a hot box. Stick them in the in the cage. Out in the well, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Bill. When he, when yeah. he left that hot room, did he? How can you say that almost over half a million people died for no reason? How, over oh, half not, a million people have died because of COVID. I'm not going to say. And just in this country alone. No, no, not, no, 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 no. They haven't. No, we're yeah, like 65,000. 65, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought it was still like 25,000 more than the Vietnam War for our side, yeah. at least. Right, but, right. But no, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that we left that hot room and we were agreeing on things. But I am going to say that when we left that hot room, we had a lot more common ground than when we walked in. And you didn't hold his attitude against him. You just thought he was a different kind of person. I, I was like, this this guy is a nice, rational guy. He wants to get the job done. He wants to go to home to his family. I I don't. I, I still fundamentally disagree with his ideology but we now have some common ground and i feel like he might listen to me better and i might listen to him better starting now mm-hmm. you know at the end of all of that and that's 300 million people to go we got two of you right i got i got one today yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no i i hear you bruce it's it's still the the ideal ideology to me is still indefensible like you can't, and and I don't know what his defense would have been because we never got into it. Right. I just knew from our random chatter over that three and a half hours that he thought it was crap that the the social distancing was crap. That's why he wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, he was he was absolutely shocked when he found out that we were following the governor's order for stay at home until the fifteenth. <laughs> he like could not. It it blew his mind. Uh, but at the end of the day, like him and I came out of it okay. Like we're just two guys trying to do our jobs, you know. Well, and maybe that's the common ground we need. Well, that that is the common thread that you had a job to do, whether or not he believes this is bullshit or not. It didn't matter at the point because you had a common ground. You had, had a common we had thread. Some common ground. Yeah. So this yeah. is what this is what Ed has been talking about, and 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 Jacob as well is. We need to find that common thread among humanity. We're not going to go any further. We're not going to move past, uh, you know, where we are right now if we don't find that common thread. That's and it's, I, mean, you know, I, I think that common thread is going to be finally when we all agree that human life is probably more important than money. That's yeah. where yeah. I was in my mind that we have. I thought we had common threads that. Uh, human life was more important than a dollar bill, that even though you might have a problem with minorities, you didn't go out of your way to hurt other people. And I've seen all that come unglued. We don't, those things that I took as our common threads are not common anymore. They don't seem to be. Like six years ago, 
the the side that has now like reopened the economy, yeah, sure, some people may die. Six years ago, they were like, "What about Obama's death panels?" Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Twelve now, years right. ago, twelve we're years gonna, ago, they were like, "Oh, Terry Schiavo, right, Terry Schiavo, stranger." Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. can't unplug her. Want to be Doctor Caesar on TV and makes a diagnosis. Or, or you know, even so, how could Trump? Uh, how could Obama be president? And he was—he's not even American. <laughs> well, I, I, would, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we cured anything today here, guys. But uh, I've got to go answer. Bethany has a semi-important need on a Friday afternoon, so she's going to pay. I uh, got to get get back to her. And it's been almost an hour. That's usually as long as my attention span holds out. <laughs> I have enjoyed yeah, this. this. Jacob, uh, particularly good points to try to be more human about all of us and less about just uh, my attitude. Maddie, you want to say something? more transhuman. <laughs> Maddie don't want to talk. But <laughs> we can see his picture at least. Um, I'm saying goodbye, everybody. Appreciate it. We're going to do this again maybe next Friday, if not Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Is that good? And uh, I want to say thank you for letting me uh, be a part of it again. I, I really yeah, missed we didn't, it. We didn't let thank you. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. for letting me come on, guys. I, I'm, I'm bummed that I am also part of a lost episode, but I'm glad I get to be uh, on this episode. Well, there's another episode on my computer that I haven't finished. It may come out, too. So we we actually have one in the can plus this one that uh, Matt will nice. send me in a few minutes. And uh, put yourselves down to do this again. Matt will set up a schedule when he can help us with the audio. Uh, and we'll, we'll do it again. Maybe Booze Man will join us. Appreciate okay, your input. Love that. I do all learn right, something right. from these. It's good for me. Appreciate you all. Yes. Yeah, it was Thanks good to see all it. your faces. Good yes. to see you guys. Yeah, that too. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Matt. Cut it. Thanks, Matt. hit it on the time. Shut it down.